0: Conference of Champions rolls on. No truck stops here. We are the Pac-12. We are the best of the best.
1: Hello, and welcome to No Truck Stops, a Pac-12 podcast. I'm Avery, and I'm with Carlos... Greg Hello. Hi. Matt.
2: Bear down, baby.
1: As always, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at No Truck Stops Pod and email us your questions at No Truck Stops Podcast at gmail.com. I really wish those were the same thing. Um, we have a lot of football to get into, but before we do that, one quick programming note. We usually have our basketball episodes out Tuesday, but this week it will be out Wednesday morning. Um, So that we can recap opening night of Pac-12 basketball season. So on to...
2: Still investigating Roadrunners. We'll have more on that episode. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) uh, Oh, an investigative
3: episode. Are Roadrunners a real thing? Or are they propaganda? (laughs) Birds (laughs) aren't (laughs) real.
2: Hashtag birds aren't real.
1: Let's start with Oregon beating Washington 26 to 16 behind 329 yards rushing 211 of which came from Travis Dye. There's a ton to talk about with this game. Uh generated a ton of discourse, but what stuck out to each of you about this game? Let's start with you, Greg.
0: So first of all, two safeties in one game is hilarious and perfect for that game. Like <laughs> those two teams deserve to have two safeties. When was the last time that happened in a Pac-12 game? Because I can't remember a time when it's happened. Safeties are super rare. And
1: and two very different safeties. Oh, no.
0: Yeah, yeah. Both of them great yeah. in their own ways. Uh, what's it? Race? Why can't I remember his last Race name? Race Porter. Race Porter. Right, right, right. That was... His punting was fucking fantastic. Like, just beautiful to watch. He deserved better from everybody else on Washington's team.
1: He was the best player on Washington. He was. He was.
0: They would not have been yeah. in this yeah. game without Ra- which their is punter,
3: which is <laughs> crazy. But yeah, go ahead. Who go ahead. I have
1: to point out is the same punter that gave us the phenomenal sequence against Oregon State last year, where he punted it like four times before <laughs> Oregon State blocked it enough that it was finally a touchdown for Oregon State. Incredible. Extreme glow up. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: so this game is funny to me because I feel like Oregon was definitively the better team. But at the same time, I thought they kind of sucked. Like, they didn't look good at all. But Washington just managed to suck a lot worse. The run game for Oregon was really good, and they deserve props for that. Like, die over 200 yards is impressive, even if it is a Washington run defense that isn't good. But uh, I think it's an indictment on them that they only won this game by 10. Like, it should have been more with the way Washington played. But Oregon being Oregon, they couldn't pull away. They couldn't they couldn't dominate like they should uh i think maybe some people might blame it on the like blame the rain on it being uglier and maybe that's why it was a closer game than it should have been but the rain isn't making anthony brown like just wildly inaccurate and making terrible decisions because that's not new for him he's been doing that for the entire season and his whole career uh Overall, I just don't have any new opinions about either of these teams except that Jimmy Lake needs to be fired even harder than he did before because Jesus fucking Christ, that decision to punt at the end of the game was one of the worst things I've ever seen. Like,
1: such a defensive coach. Yeah, can we, can, <laughs> we just, move.
0: can we talk about that? So just real quick,
3: uh down like down 8 points by some grace of God. Washington was down 8 points with 2 minutes to go. They're backed up inside their own 10, and Jimmy Lake on 4th down decides to punt it down 8. Again,
2: one score with 2 minutes left in the game. What I was what certain was it had that? to have been like, a fake. Like I'm like I, I, I guess you're going to fake it. Okay? Like this is this is the most <laughs>
1: yeah, obvious fake attempt in history. But until the but right, ball went like, over the punter's head through the right, back of the yeah. end zone. And, the and I was like, part part, "Oh, this isn't a fake." <laughs>
3: Maybe it was a fake. I he mean, we never the got score to know because we, we were not I, play. I genuinely,
1: <laughs> think, I genuinely think the reason that the snap was so bad and it ended up being a safety was because Jimmy, Lake decided to punt the ball. Like, the football god yeah, said, I gave you this game. I gave you a chance to win on a fucking platter, and you're punting it. Oh like, my god. we get it. Yeah. You're within your Unbelievable. 10. You're 10 yards within your end zone. Like, not an optimal place to go for it. In the pouring down. rain. But it's the <laughs> end of the game. Like, this is your only chance. Travis Dye has 200 yards on your ass. Like, do
0: you really think you're going to get him three and out in, like, however, like 10 seconds? And then you're going to be in the exact same spot you are now. Like, it's not like they were going to improve their field. And you position. only had yeah. two
1: timeouts. He didn't save his timeouts.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah, he had two. He had two timeouts, not even three, not even his full three. Cowardly Motherfuck- shit. Um, go ahead, third quarter. Yeah. I'm convinced of that. It. That, would, that would explain it much yeah. better. But uh, I have no other thoughts other than Jimmy Lake is a moron.
1: <laughs> He's so dumb. I, I wanted to point out that Travis Dye had more rushing yards than Washington had total yards. He had 211 rushing yards. Yeah. Washington had 166 yards. This was not a close game. Like Everything except the score tells you this was the least close game in the history of football games. Colorado had a closer game with Oregon than Washington did, but somehow they were within eight at the end of the game. And in my opinion, I think that was all thanks to bad vibes. Um, the <laughs> There's <laughs> like, I want to blame it on weather that Oregon wasn't up by more points, but like statistically it tells you that weather was not a factor here. They just couldn't fucking finish and honestly if it weren't for race porter i think oregon would have won this one by like 24 points or something it was it was not a close game at all i think it's clear that oregon's the best team in this conference i feel disgusting saying that because i don't want you to think that means i believe they are a good team there are no good teams in this conference I think it's absolutely disgusting that Oregon is somehow still in talks of playoff contention um, because I've watched every single one of their games. And since the Ohio state, win, I feel absolutely certain that this team should finish nine and three or worse. Um, And this conference is just not good enough to deliver them three losses. Apparently there's still time, but I don't feel good about it. Um, And you know what? Oregon's the best team in this conference you're if you're in any other conference he'd be like the third or fourth best team that's how i feel right now and anthony brown is bad and i don't know why he's still your starting quarterback
3: yeah i this game uh if you just looked at the box score looked at like total yards looked at everything Oregon, it ridiculous and it's ridiculous how Oregon didn't blow out washington and Frankly, this was like it wasn't like I don't know. Oregon was up t- two touchdowns, and then Washington scored a late touchdown and cut it to one. Like Oregon, uh, Washington was in within striking distance for the vast majority of this game. Um, they were mostly um, always threatening, <laughs> threatening. Uh, they were always a score away. I'll say that. Um, but if you looked at the box score, it looks like just like uh, someone played Colorado two weeks ago uh oregon gained 427 total yards to washington's 166 um this game also extremely funny because anthony brown and dylan morris i think two probably the two most frustrating quarterbacks if not the worst quarterbacks in the conference um well now that brandon lewis looks pretty good uh, for colorado we'll talk about that later will Plummer won a game and will Plummer won a game and has not looked bad Anthony Brown and Dylan Morris might actually be the worst. They had Anthony Brown had 98 passing yards and Dylan Morris had 111. Um, that's embarrassing. They both, they both, they both looked brutal. I thought Anthony Brown did look a little, a little bit better later on in the game. Both of them looked brutal. This is an, uh, this is an ugly game. I, um, I'm, I, I'm not obviously impressed with either of these teams. Washington is in some real shit right now. There was a little bit of talks. You know about is Jimmy like gonna get fired the next day, which is today Sunday as we're recording this. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, to the point about Oregon not being a playoff contender, I want to talk to our or- like we have a we have a ton of people who listen who are Oregon fans and and I just want to say. Uh, winning a Rolls Bowl is, like, not the worst thing in the world, even if you're bad or getting to a Rolls Bowl is not the worst thing in the world. Uh, One good argument I heard from our boy Reed, uh, who I know uh, gets under a lot of our skins, Um, he's at MF underscore Reed on Twitter, Uh, was sort of of making the argument that this was a bit of a rebuilding year, You, you know, like, this was not the year that Oregon is building towards. And so for them to be overrated, and, but in this position was promising, which might make sense. If you believe Ty Thompson is a year away, um, do we think Oregon is a good quarterback away from being dominant? I don't know. Maybe. Um, so I, I don't know. I like, I'm confused about Oregon, but at some point it's like, yeah, whatever they're get into the playoff and get ran by Alabama or Georgia, you know, if Ohio state somehow gets in there with them. They'll get a chance at them again, but I don't know. I mean, whatever. I'm this
0: conference is just like it's bad. Yeah, uh. I. It, it, oh, sorry, Matt. You go. No, go ahead. I was just gonna say I don't think Oregon's uh, a quarterback away. I think their defense needs some work before they can be dominant as a team. Like, I mean, they had a good game last night, but they were playing Washington in the rain. Uh, I think, I I th- I think that defense has had things it's needed to clean up in every single week this season. So. If they don't improve okay. too, they're not a playoff team next year either.
2: So, but I think that so much of that question just depends on what you're actually asking when you're saying, "Are what are they building towards? And are they a year away from what? Because if they're building towards just absolutely running through the Pac-12 and possibly going into the playoff as a top two seed, and then whatever happens, happens. Likely getting absolutely blown out by one of the SEC teams. Yeah, they are totally a quarterback away from that. The Pac-12 is bad, y'all. And, like, you talk about how all these defensive issues – look, not everything is Utah. I got it. It, Look at what Utah did the first three games of the season, okay? Look at how much better they have played all around and how much more impressive they've looked running the ball and everything like that when, like, the teams that they're playing you are absolutely sitting here saying, I don't care if their quarterback is terrible. You still should have, you know, pieces everywhere else on the team to be able to dominate a team like a BYU, like a San Diego State, Washington is a really bad football team right now. Yes, Oregon should still have all the pieces to dominate a team like that, but maybe ultimately, without a quarterback, this is just what that looks like. Maybe it's a situation where without a quarterback, 26 points is just asking a lot. Specifically, if you're getting pinned deep every time by your by the opposing team's punter, um, and and that's where you know all of a sudden those position the those field position battles come in. I just I think that Oregon is really good. And I think that what's hard about it is that like, I truly, I trust their team talent to win exactly like they're winning right now. Like I just, I don't see a team that I'm like, Oh yeah, I trust this team. I don't trust Utah to beat this Oregon team in the concert in a conference championship game. I don't trust, you know, an Arizona state or USC or any of the other team, other teams in the conference to be able to beat this team. Now I don't trust Oregon to blow them out without a good quarterback but i mean when you just you talk about what they're actually building towards nobody there are four teams who are legitimately building towards a national championship right now everybody else is just building towards being able to comfortably win their conference and yeah i i think it's fairly it's somewhat fair to say that oregon is just a quarterback away i have a question for y'all what
3: what do you all what do you all need to see from oregon to have them convince you that they're elite, like what's what what is that you want? What what is it that you want to see from them this season to convince them that they're elite? Um, Avery, we'll start with you.
1: I'm gonna sound like such a homer, but I think a comfortable win in Salt Lake City is gonna convince you of me, convince me of that because it's probably the hardest place they have to go play against, in my opinion. What's the second best team in the conference? Like, if they have like a solid showing against Utah in Rice-Eccles Stadium, I'll feel pretty good about Oregon. They just haven't played. I feel like they haven't played a good defense. And I am not. I don't think Utah's defense is great. I think Utah's defense is completely just there and fine. It's probably one of the worst Utah defenses we've had in the last five years, if not decade. But I think it's one of the best in the conference right now, and that tells you about the state of the conference. But Oregon just – I haven't seen Oregon play – a team on Utah's caliber and I'm not saying Utah's an elite team. I'm just saying that the conference is bad. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I Greg, what do you need to see from Morgan? I think just at this point in the season, there is very little they can do to convince me because the thing that I think most elite teams need to have is like I want them to be dominant and I want them to be consistently dominant. And at this point like I would need them to dominate Utah like uh like Avery said that would be big. And I need them to dominate Oregon State. And for some reason, it's slipping my mind the other team they play. Wazoo. Wazoo, yeah. That would be a good one, too, because Wazoo has been fine this year, you know? If they could, like, dominate all those games and win the Pac-12, then I would feel much better about them than I do right now. But uh, I am not sure. I I just don't believe they can do that this season. Uh, So, Okay. Matt, what about you? I they can't get it. Okay. Bring back Marcus
2: Mariota. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like you just you're not gonna be elite without great, great quarterback play. That's yeah how football works. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Having a warm body at quarterback is enough to win this conference, but that's because this conference is again not good at football. So does anyone else have any other thoughts on Oregon?
2: I just now I'm gonna do a research part research project about how many of these teams how many snaps have been taken by second and third string quarterbacks. Speaking of warm bodies, does
3: feel True.
0: like it's it been that a lot. That'd actually be really a interesting. A wrap in the
2: conference has been so many. Yeah, it's been a lot of quarterbacks.
3: Well, one thing we didn't talk about: uh, Jameela got in some trouble for hitting oh, his player yeah. on the sideline. There, um, that was the other piece of big discourse. I, I don't know if you all had a close look at it and what your thoughts were. I just I thought we were going to get
1: to it later.
2: But, yeah, fuck that guy.
1: Don't punch your player in the face. I don't care if you're trying to get them from being on the field anymore. Like, don't it, punch them in the face.
2: It was the ultimate clarity of how they were coaching that week because they were having players get hit with, like, late hit penalties and stuff like that. Very rivalry mm-hmm. game stuff mm-hmm. where it was just like, oh, you just, like, got way over emotional all week of practice. And we're just we're just hoping that you could, like, rivalry emotion your way to a win today And Jimmy Lake was like fully in that mode. Cause yeah, it was a skirmish. It was one of those things where like, and he like brought up the excuse that he was going through to just separate somebody. And ultimately, yeah, that's, that's what he was doing. And I, I think that his emotions for sure were in a place that it led to smacking the crap out of one of his players. And that's not good and should definitely be punished in some way, shape or form for it. But I just, it, it was very clear, just like ah, okay, that's what we're gonna get out of Washington today.
0: And in the media, I feel like I saw some things that he was talking about uh, coming into it that uh, Washington needed to like play with poise, you know, and uh, they did not do that. And nobody had less poise than Jimmy Lake, like really, <laughs> and like and, and like it wasn't just
3: this game, right? Like the the entire week leading up to it was like. The, Jimmy Lake made this more emotionally charged than it needed to be um, and put his team in a tough position where he made those comments where he was sort of talking about, you know, they asked him for the people who don't who didn't get a chance to hear about this. They asked, uh, he went on a radio show and they asked Jimmy Lake, you know, how, how, how do you think about the Washington-Oregon rivalry in terms of recruiting? And he said he doesn't see Oregon as a recruiting rival because, uh, you know, and he kind of fumbled his words and, and basically said, you know Oregon's not an academic power and they and Washington only recruits against academic powers and academic prowess has been the rallying cry for Oregon fans and in, in talking about that um and that made the that made uh the rounds and certainly sort of like gave some material for Oregon and Mario Cristobal. Mario, Mario Cristobal will get up for absolutely nothing else except recruiting. He will literally blow the shit out of any team possible if he thinks it's going to give him a recruiting edge. He recruits first and he coaches second. Um, So, like, you know, he kind of gave them the ammo and just created this weird environment for that game. Avery, were you going to say something? No, I was just
1: going to say it was way overly emotional for a head coach to be acting that way. It was kind of ridiculous. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to Arizona, who got their first win in over two years. Congratulations, Wildcats. Uh, they snapped a 20-game losing streak, beating Cal 10-3 to in Tucson. Cal is apparently missing half of its roster due to COVID protocols, including Chase Garbers, their starting quarterback, but Arizona finally got a win. Any thoughts about this game or the situation with Cal, and did you have any issues with Arizona fans rushing the field after the game ended? Carlos.
3: Yeah, about that last one, I have no issue. I saw people like, uh, I saw people getting on Arizona fans and calling it pathetic that they were like rushing the field after their first win in twenty games. And I'm like, I mean, it's their first win in in two years in twenty games, um, in twenty one games, really. Uh, so no, I don't, I don't know, I don't have any issues with that. I think it's like it's a big deal. It certainly was like it would have been catastrophic for Arizona to go zero and twelve, and for that to be on their record. I have no problems with them doing that. As for the game itself, um, I mean, this is all this is this was the sickosiest game I think we've gotten this year, I'm pretty sure. Um did we go into halftime zero zero? Yes, we did. Um I'm pretty sure we went we, into I'm the fourth sure quarter zero we zero. In- mm-hmm. Uh yeah. Yeah, I think we went into the fourth quarter zero zero for Cal, Arizona. Um and it was heartbreaking. It was funny watching all of the tweets about people being absolutely heartbroken. Uh, me, I'm I'm the people who are tweeting <laughs> like being absolutely heartbroken that uh that someone scored in this game. Um it was a disgusting game, but I will say uh, Arizona looked like the better team for most of it. Uh, I thought they were moving the ball really well uh for I don't know, 40% of their plays. So, I don't know. I mean, I think um there's some things that are promising that we're seeing from Arizona. It doesn't look like they'll get another win on their schedule. This might be it for them, but that's that's what I think.
1: Yeah. Cal was missing 24 players in this game, including Chase Garbers who is was leading the Pac-12 in total yards. Um that made a huge difference. That's three's in Arizona one. If Arizona didn't win, this would have been incredibly embarrassing because Cal couldn't do anything cal was just trying to be there and participate it was horrifying to watch and i feel like very bad for cal um but will Plummer, like his hand got cut open in the second oh half. yeah It was bleeding and, dog <laughs> yeah he was like bleeding a lot and he came back in and still played and honestly i think it's because they had no other options like joiner is a wide receiver um and he can run around. And then they have their quarterback, Ashworth, who's like, he came in his first ever snap and it was a pick. So, like, <laughs> they had no other options. I'm happy for Arizona. They're not going to get another win this season. They are actually terrible. Um, do we know what the situation is with Cal is going into next week?
0: Um, So, a tweet I saw said that they have to isolate for five to seven days after a positive test. So I'm assuming that they'll... More
2: exposure to somebody with a positive test, I believe.
0: Oh, you have to do the same... Well, even if it's the same isolation period, I feel like they should be good to go for next week unless they have more unless positive tests. pops positive again, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, they play USC next week, and I think that USC is on losing to Cal watch if Chase Garbers is playing, but we'll have to see. Um, as for rushing the field, yeah, go rush the field. You haven't seen a win in two years. Good for you. I think people, God forbid my program ever sees 20 straight losses. I think most people don't experience that. But if they did, I would rush the field. I I would rush the field if we beat an FCS opponent. That's, I'm happy for you. Maybe not an FCS opponent. That would be this is
2: this is the exact only scenario where it's okay to rush the field, in my opinion. I don't know if y'all have ever rushed the field. I don't know if y'all have ever had that absolute hell opportunity bestowed upon you, being on a football field that has literally just like sweat and blood everywhere, and then fifty thousand people trying to get in on top of each other, it's disgusting. To be fair, there was probably
1: only like 3,000 fans present. (laughs) Exactly. When it's
2: a team like this, like, yeah, go have a walk in the park. Absolutely. Why wouldn't you want to? I saw a bunch of people, like, there was room to take selfies. Will Plummer was, like, going from, I think every single person got a picture with Will Plummer. Like, it was amazing. This This is how you rush the field, people. This is when you do it when you're not actually going out there and like just getting like, there's not, there's no trampling uh, concerns here. Uh, absolutely fantastic. With that being said, wait, have you rushed the field before? Yeah, Matt? it's terrible. It's not a good time.
3: Were you part of the, were you part of, were you in like the student uh-huh. yeah, section? I, was on I wasn't the in one... the student
2: section. I'm not that old, but like, yep, I was there. I definitely, you, you were t- okay. Just to be clear, the one where, where Utah, Utah rushed, rushed the field, the field three, three times, times I, against BYU. Yeah. So I'm not rich. So, um, I didn't, I wasn't as a part of the first two. So the first time they rushed the field, I immediately started running down. The second field goal, I was like around row 15 third field goal. I was actually like on the railing. So, um, (laughs) yeah, no, very much so remember that one. Well, uh, rushing the field against, uh, after the TCU game was miserable. Like it's just not fun. And like, Maybe that's just 12-year-old Matt um, having some uh, flashbacks to (laughs) feeling like he was about to die. I I don't know.
1: I want to say I'm really happy for Arizona students, though, because considering how dogshit Arizona is, their students are pretty loyal. They get one of the better turnouts, like at least to start the game, than a lot of student sections in this conference. So good for them. I'm happy they got a win. They're going to experience a lot of hell and misery miserable shit this week though so sorry in advance (laughs) well uh,
2: your boy picked this game before the state of california made sure that it happened um arizona pretty clearly um pretty clearly ran away with this one i would say um dare i say that regardless of who played for california this one was going to end up in an arizona win um just not even close Uh, y'all cal on so cal on their drives They gained 19% of available yards offensively. They averaged 4.64 plays per drive. They literally averaged almost a four and out. Um, 15 yards per drive. Just a clinic put on by this Wildcat defense. Really showed (laughs) out. Very proud of my guys. Bear down. We knew this one was coming. It's been a long time coming. So happy for that program very very happy nothing else matters
0: yeah uh i don't have much much to say about the game except that cuz you lost faith it's true. you're a coward <laughs> I, and a I fool yeah that's ashamed. right you you I were about to you were about to back off Matt's arizona. pick i was a week early on yeah. arizona but um cal without chase garbers is not a football team we have known this for years it always <laughs> happens whenever he goes out they yes. fucking suck yes. afterwards so, you know, that's just what happens. Uh, as for rushing the field, uh, it's not for me. I'm with Matt. I don't think it's uh, fun, but I'm always in favor of other fans rushing the field for almost any reason because they look like they're having fun. And, and that's what it's that's about. That's why you're there. Yeah. <laughs> Zero consideration for other people. Um, is, is they Chase can, Garber's, like, do not
1: care. Is Chase Garbers finally done with football after this year? I feel like he's been here for 70 years. Does he
0: have more eligibility? Uh, I think he, he might. All I got to well, say is up. if
1: Chase Garber graduates, 0 12 Cal. I don't care. That'd what be happens. under
0: for their season win total for sure. Yeah.
1: They're, they might be Arizona. If they play Arizona next year, I don't even know.
3: It looks like he has another year because 2020, everyone got that pass.
1: Yeah. Right. Justin Wilcox is so. fist bumping somewhere, <laughs> <laughs> trying to figure out how to get Ethan Garber to transfer to Cal. Yes 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 all right should we move on to the most thrilling game of the week utah humiliated stanford on friday 52 to 7 behind a whopping 441 rushing yards yes 441 rushing yards a utah offense wow um did anyone have any quick thoughts about this one
2: I, I don't actually think that I care about what happened on the field, except for the fact that like two coaching things. Um, y'all, I think Wit is playing to the rankings for the first time in his life or any of our lives. This is like, shocking. <laughs> I am so confused, up 35 to nothing, going into the half, and he goes for points. I've never seen that in my entire life. Is he If he's up 14 to nothing, he wants to kneel it out. Um, Actually going for the rankings, actually trying to make sure that Utah is solidly within the rankings – should they lose the Pac-12 championship game, um, making sure they don't get passed up uh, because of an unranked um, shenanigans that can go through with picking the Rose Bowl. Um, the other thing that I am really, really intrigued by, um, so two people that um, you should be following if you are in any way interested in like the college football coaching world um, and the shenanigans that happened there, and uh, Ryan Johnson and... Um, Oh, gosh, Stephen Godfrey, uh, Split Zone Duo podcast, and they, they're they everywhere because um, people keep firing them and laying them off for some stupid reason because they don't understand what good content is. Um, they are by far the best when it comes to, like, knowing when coaches are getting fired and not getting fired and everything along those lines, um, very, very much so into that world. I, I am fascinated at how completely adamant they are that there's absolutely zero chance that Shaw gets fired. Zero chance whatsoever. They are completely positive. There will not even be a question about his job status. Not even on the hot seat. I agree with him. It's fascinating to me. Stanford doesn't care, and
0: that buyout's going to be massive.
1: He has the least hot seat in the conference, I feel like. It's
2: incredible. It's absolutely incredible.
3: A lot of it has to do with the Stanford booster situation where they don't really care about football, frankly. Like It's not really something that they're super concerned about you know David Shaw's just been there so i mean um I, that makes total sense and 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 if you're a stanford fan which like there's a couple out there um it's got it's kind of kind of depressing if you really think about it like they will not they won't fire david shaw unless it's just like i don't know unless it is an O 12 type season I, i'm not sure i it it seemed like this was the kind of game that would get him fired but you know he's still around he still will be. He's riding think... the
1: high of his first few seasons at Stanford for sure. And like
3: Yeah, and he had a great run to be yeah, clear. Yeah, he was um, great for but like, things seven have seven years? Yeah. Yeah, produced the best Stanford when you have the best, you know, team in your program's history and that was what 2015 Stanford was, like you you, you know, you're deserved you you afforded some stand time.
2: Y'all, Stanford is going to finish, so they finish, they have Oregon They'll State. They'll finish three and nine. They have Oregon State, Cal, and Notre Dame finishing.
1: So they're losing at least two of those TBD they on Cal. They very
2: well may finish the season, two and seven in conference, three and nine overall on a seven-game losing streak.
1: Competent Stanford. And he <laughs> won't,
2: like, he the, not even a space heater on him. Like, yeah. the, doesn't even have, like, hand warmers. It's hilarious. It's because... amazing to me. You know it's what? Good for him. Get that bag. I seriously, I want that life. That's the life, right there. I mean, there. and to be clear,
3: he is by a mile the highest paid Pac-12 coach, well, he's right? Like 8.9 million
2: dollars. Yeah. And people are Talk talking about the like country. he might take the Chicago Bears job, like no. get <laughs> out of here. And Why would you take an NFL job? Point,
0: but like the funny thing is Stanford like has more money than God. They could fire him if they wanted to, but they don't care. And so they won't. That makes yeah.
2: me laugh. Keep getting a $100 billion endowment, it's
3: fine. <laughs> yeah. One, one, one quick thing, because I don't think people quite understand the whole Rose Bowl obligation thing. We should explain that. So uh, obviously if uh, Oregon loses and doesn't get into the playoff and um, they win the conference, they obviously go to the Rose Bowl. The Rose Bowl is obligated to take Oregon. Oregon's in. Now if Oregon, the, the question becomes, what happens if Oregon goes to the playoff? Um, if Oregon goes to the playoff, that frees up a Rose Bowl spot. In the past, and I think people need to remember this has changed in the playoff era um, pretty recently, um, in the past, the Rose Bowl could just kind of take whoever they wanted, and that has allowed Texas to get in. That's allowed, um, I think, uh, doesn't TCU have a Rose Bowl from this or something? Uh, yeah, um, yeah, when they
0: were in Mountain West. Too. Well, but they got a Big Ten slot, but yeah. Cause they yeah, Stanford, yeah. But, they, but. but basically,
3: yeah, the Rose Bowl had discretion to pick pretty much whoever they wanted at, at you know, after, after a couple of other people have had their choices. Um, now the Rose bowl has to take a PAC 12 team and a big 10 team. People automatically assume that they go down the standings um, or whoever finished, you know, whoever lost the PAC 12 title game goes to the Rose bowl if the winner goes to the playoff, but that's not the case. Um, they are obligated to pick um, the highest ranked PAC 12 team in the college football playoff ranking. Um, and it if is there's the strong like strong
2: preference of the tournament of roses type language, yes,
3: yes. Um, there's, there's, there's language in there. If you read that closely, where if you have teams that are somewhat closely ranked together in the rankings, they get, they get to choose who like, so if let's say Utah's they, they won't be, but let's say Utah is 16 and Arizona state is 18. They could choose, you know, they, they can choose. There's a good chance that Utah will not be, Ranked in the college football playoff rankings by the time this happens and um, that no one else will be ranked by that time. And so the point that Matt was making about Kyle Whittingham going for style points for the first time ever, I think has to do with the fact That Utah, if UCLA for some reason wins out, and they and looking at their schedule, they could, um, they probably won't, but they could. They would go eight and four. USC before last night had a chance to go eight and four. Washington State, ASU would go um, nine and
1: three, right? If they went out,
3: ASU would go nine and three if they went out. Yeah, that's right. Um, so the issue there is Utah needs to make a convincing argument that if Oregon goes to the playoff and Utah cannot and loses them, Utah loses twice. That Utah is deserving of a rolls Bowl spot, and I think that's where Utah those South points are coming in. Team at that
1: point, yeah, they'd be eight right. and five with two losses right. to Oregon.
3: Right. So there's going to be some interesting jockeying for that rolls Bowl spot because it, it will be open and it will go to a bad team. So I just wanted to explain that real quick because people are confused by it and we, like there has to be all this clarification happening. So yeah, there's a the clarification. So hope we'll see. We'll see think what real happens. Real quickly, you, does
1: anyone here think that Oregon will actually win out?
3: Yes, but I, only because. Yeah, I. But only because this the conference is just.
2: <sighs> yes, I, I think, think that, there is a I chance. I think they that can. Utah should be favored in the game in Salt Lake City, and I don't trust Oregon to not win that game nineteen to seventeen. Yeah, and know. look super super it ugly. Sucks doing it. Like, because I, just, Oregon, I have no
0: idea.
1: Oregon gets Oregon State at home, so they're not playing in Corvallis, which is, just makes me so angry. But.
0: <laughs> On the bright side, Oregon State plays Stanford uh, before then, and so they will have bowl eligibility locked up, and they won't need that to go to a bowl. And they deserve a bowl this year.
3: They do, yeah. I mean, Oregon State really should go to a, a bowl game, and, and I think, and I think. I'm seeing a lot of anger from Oregon State fans, but I got to say, um, and I know maybe we should, yeah, move, maybe let's, we should move on that's to a, That's a
1: perfect segue into our next game, which is Colorado beat Oregon State in a 37 to 34 thriller, which included an overtime. Does anyone have quick thoughts on this game?
2: Uh, not on not in the game, but uh, breaking news, this is live radio. Yeah. Um, uh, John Donovan fired.
1: Whoa. Whoa. Thank God. That is so long overdue.
3: That's uh for people who don't know, that's Washington's offensive
2: coordinator, John Donovan, the one who the yeah. the
3: May you the never leader. have to hear
2: that name again. Um, Never have to watch his offense by choice again. Very excited for that.
3: Have to be clear. There was like just looking at the circumstances of his hiring a year and a half, two years ago. No fucking clue why Jimmy Lake hired him. No, it was a terrible. He was fired from kid. Penn. He was fired from. Where was he after Penn State? i think I he might remember. have been in the nfl he might I'm have been the nfl kidding. got fired from there before that went to penn state got fired from there joe moorhead actually the current oregon offensive coordinator replaces john donovan at penn state and like immediately improves the offense because john donovan is horrible and then for some reason looking at that resume where he got fired two at two different places for having two prolifically bad offenses jimmy lake said this is our guy that's an insane hiring, um, and I'm shocked it's taken us what nine games to get to this point. Um, the Montana game he should have it. been enough. To mm-hmm. be clear, John yeah.
1: Donovan is the reason that they lost to Montana.
3: So we're ab- we're about to see if this is going to save Jimmy Lake's job. Um, it it very well might it might. Um, but do you trust him to make another offensive coordinator hire? I don't know. Maybe I mean maybe he gets lucky and Chip Kelly goes to to Washington for the offensive coordinator position. But. <laughs> Thank you for that update, Matt. Yeah,
1: that's...
2: Taking calls next.
1: All right, Greg, (laughs) do you have any thoughts on Colorado-Oregon State?
0: I just want to start by saying um, this is a very good team by Oregon State standards, and I hope they're proud uh, because Oregon State doesn't usually go to a bowl game, and they're going to. I'm confident in saying that. They're not eligible yet because they're still at the five-win mark, but there's no way they don't beat Stanford. So I feel confident in saying oregon state's going to a both game this year that being said fuck those frauds i'm so angry at them <laughs> <laughs> because of them i can no longer bet against colorado
1: no i think i think oregon i think oregon was the reason that ship sailed
0: that's true but at least oregon won that game outright but like i i can't take oregon state seriously as like a upper tier Pac-12 team even in like this year where the Pac-12 is so bad so so bad like one ranked team bad but uh losing to Colorado like even after the Cal game I kind of felt like that was just a little bit fluky like Cal was the better team but I expected Oregon State to bounce back and finish strong to the season but losing to Colorado who They got better. Like, they're not the same Colorado that was getting shut out by Minnesota, but they're still not a good team, and so it's an embarrassing loss for Oregon State. But uh, on the flip side, kudos to Colorado for not being all-time bad anymore. You have to wonder if the offensive line coach was drugging players before games because there's no other explanation for why him leaving made them so much better. I don't understand how it's possible. (laughs)
1: Yeah. It I mean this game it was heartbreaking for me. It, to be clear, I am a Utah fan. So, I guess technically I had an amazing weekend, but from how I felt yesterday, it was like U- the Utah game never happened. I was distraught with this loss to Colorado. <laughs> I was crying. I wasn't really crying. I was close to tears though. Um my biggest takeaway <laughs> Not from for this football game reasons. <laughs> <laughs> my biggest takeaway from this game is Chance Nolan had 38 attempts. What the fuck? K- it felt
2: like too much when he was at 9. I know. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> to be clear, they did go to overtime, but Chance Nolan having more than 25 attempts is a war crime. Like I don't Jonathan Smith is in my opinion the best coach in this conference. But what what makes you think that this is okay? BJ Baylor was only averaging 4.5 yards per carry, but that's still enough where if you give him 10 more carries, you'll win the game. I don't even care. Um, I definitely think Colorado's offense being able to get first downs and actually drive down the field really helped their defense shine and confirms my theory that Colorado has one of the better defenses in the conference. It really does help you when your offense is able to play football. Um, I think Colorado might might be on trending up. I, I don't I don't think that Oregon State's defense is that bad don't think they're good but I definitely think something happened here with the firing of Colorado's offensive line coach and bringing in a new guy who Colorado fans are apparently super high on which is cool didn't I know offensive line coaches do a lot didn't know they could do that much like Greg said absolutely shocked but as a Utah fan who has to play Colorado the final week of the season I'm scared. I'm genuinely scared because what I've seen from them against Oregon State and Oregon is they can score now. And that's terrifying. I, I prefer the team that we're waiting to see if they'd get a hundred yards. Yeah, I think
3: this game, uh, again, what's frustrating about Jonathan Smith is I mean, it's kind of it's a little David Shaw like. I don't think David Shaw was quite the maestro at putting together anything as good as Oregon State's run game. But Jonathan Smith built this amazing, beautiful, consistent run game that will get you 200 yards almost whenever it wants. Um, And he chooses to rely on his quarterback that has proven to be either up and down um, or has proven to not be good when you're asked to do a lot of him. Um, And this game, it felt like, I don't know, 50% of their first downs, Chance Nolan was being asked to throw which is insane to me. Um, And the fact that they were relying on Chance Nolan this much, absolutely bonkers, extremely weird to me, super frustrating. This was a winnable game. And I will say real quick about sort of the end of this game. (laughs) Uh, Oregon State had had a chance to tie this game in regulation um, at, what, 27, I think. Um, Everett Hayes, their kicker, missed from 51 yards. And at that point, with about 30 seconds left, they said, because anyone anyone in their right mind would say this, I think. Oregon State lost. Um, that sucks. I turned off the TV, went about the other things that I was doing. Uh, it wasn't until, like, two hours later when I was looking at the box scores again that I noticed that this game went to double overtime, and apparently Everett Hayes hit a 60-yard field goal uh, with, like – time expiring to send it to overtime and then miss the 35 yarder to tie it, to send it to a third overtime.
1: No, Very weird
3: stuff to win. It to win. Um, I, th- I could have sworn it was, oh, it
1: might've been to go to the third overtime overtime. I might've been to go me. I watched. Too much yeah. NFL football.
3: Yeah. So I don't know. Um, either way, I think, uh, Colorado, looks much better than they had. This is not a hopeless offense anymore. I thought they were doing some really cool stuff. Um Brendan Lewis looks good. He was making he was making big throws. Um he was making throws that frankly some of the other court, like quarterbacks that I think we we would deem as decent are not making.
1: He he's a top 8 quarterback in the conference right now. Like and that's like impressive for how this yes. season started for him.
3: Yes. I mean, Colorado fans have been begging to bench him for weeks, and he came out throwing uh, all over the place. So, I don't know. Fascinating game. Um, Good for Colorado. <laughs> hey, they get UCLA next week. <laughs> um, in the Rose Bowl, Carl Durrell's uh, return home to Pasadena, where he started his coaching career. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes, but that's what I have to say about this game.
2: Yeah, this this was just a fantastic finish. Um, was really, really fun. I'm really glad that I was watching it. It was way better than the Oregon Washington game that was going on at the same time. Um, such a fun like fourth quarter in overtime. Uh I'm gonna go back to Doom Scrolling.
1: Yeah, that again, absolutely heartbreaking. <laughs> I'm so sad. My poor Beavlet, but full eligibility is on the horizon. Okay, finally, ASU beat USC. In Tempe, thirty-one to sixteen in an insanely sloppy game for both teams. Anything from this game stand out to you? Let's start with Matt. Stop doom scrolling. Which game? Th- the bad the one. other game. <laughs> <laughs> the game that apparently no one watched. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, I actually genuinely um, fell asleep. Um, I fell asleep <laughs> at the end of the <laughs> Oregon Washington game <laughs> and did not see a single snap of this. So um, watched a lot of it this morning. Um, Jackson dart doesn't look like he has much power on his arm right now, which is concerning considering how USC has played with another quarterback that hasn't had much power on his arm right now. So I don't, I don't know if dart is just still just not healthy at all, but that part of it was concerning and Jaden Daniels. I am fully ready to say I've held off on this tweet on this, like take for weeks because, I think he is really good, and I'm trying really, really hard to not do the ASU hate thing. Jaden Daniels has officially regressed, um, Mm -hmm. which sucks to see. I really had a lot of hope for him, and he has regressed dramatically with a lot of really inaccurate throws, uh, really behind a lot of his receivers, under-throwing a lot of stuff. It just did not look good at all in this game and I still think might be the second or first best quarterback in the conference.
1: I I think that he talent-wise is, but Herm Edwards ruined him. Their staff ruined him and should feel very, very bad about it because I, in my opinion, Jaden Daniels was like the one bright spot about ASU for me. I don't like, their running backs are great too, but I'm not a fan of ASU obviously, and they've... Ugh, It's just sad to see because he could have been an elite quarterback. Um, I didn't get to watch a ton of this game. I was, I fell asleep towards the end of it. Um, I was there for the fox that got on the field. That who (laughs) they thought it was a cat on the broadcast.
0: Yes, they did. They're like, is that a cat zooming in? I think a fox is a cat.
1: Rod Gilmore's the <laughs> one that said I don't think it's a cat. Oh. No. <laughs> so, <laughs> <That> was good. <laughs> his first like almost right take, but they like tried to get the fox and it like did a 20 foot jump up into the st- that's exaggerating, but it felt like it. It like leaped up. I, it looked like It like it. leaped yeah. up into the stands and just sprinted up the stairs. I don't know what happened after that. I assume it is a video
3: posted I Yeah, I saw a video posted from the ASU fo- uh, football account, I think, that the Fox kind of ran out the gates. So clearly they were all... The, the Fox the fo- was the most Fox, exciting part so of disgusted. the game. disgusted. Yeah, best athlete yeah, on the also disgusted. Field. I, think, I think that's yeah. pretty clear. Um, Very twitchy. Do we know, Very twitchy.
1: Do we know why Dart and Slovis were splitting reps?
3: They've been doing this for two weeks. They're just...
1: They need to I, stop. I think, that's for sure. <laughs> yes. Yes.
3: <laughs> hundred percent. It's I don't know why they're doing that, and it makes no sense. And and I think it's taking both of those quarterbacks out of their rhythm. Yeah, and it's it's causing some insecurities mm-hmm. for sure. And
1: Darkes is clearly the best quarterback out of the two. I. But he get, looks so bad. He too. looks so like bad. He just
2: he has so many. He's he's, he's doing the he's freshman, freshman thing. But then there's also th- I'm telling something doesn't I, something looks very different to me about how the ball is coming out of his hand right now versus how it was early in the season before he got hurt in that game. Um, I really think that like there's something about his knee that like he's just not able to drive on the ball or something like that, and that might be a big part of it. I don't know.
0: That game was gross. I turned on the game a few minutes after the Fox thing, and the combination of ESPN's horrendous video quality, <laughs> ASU's horrendous uniforms,
1: oh, they were so bad, and the
0: horrendous quality <sighs> of football. It's a miracle that I did not turn it off immediately because oh, it was so hard to watch. Like, how does ESPN not have better cameras? Like, what are they doing?
1: Speaking of production quality, this is a tiny bit off topic, but how was the Stanford game again? One of the worst games I've seen, like filmed. Yeah,
3: it's it must be an ESPN thing because I think the Pac-12 network camera qualities are fine mm-hmm. like i have no issues with back 12 yeah. networks cameras and and the quality of those cameras i
2: think that there's some sort of weird saturation thing that's going on between real grass and turf like i i noticed some really weird things like between a grass field and a turf field and yeah the, way the color i think there's some is. i don't know
3: there's some i think uh, on the podcast of champions i think a few weeks ago i think there was a conjecture thrown out there that maybe um the cameras there's like a sort of shortage of cameras and technology and they're sort of stretching themselves thin um on that front which like maybe but the Pact 12 network seems to be doing this just fine so i i don't i don't really know what's it's going also there.
0: possible that uh they were blinded by how bad asu's uniforms were i cannot stress enough how bad those were It's it's were shocking horrible. though
1: because they might not have been the worst uniforms like they were in a serious competition with Oregon. Oh I think my. I give the edge to ASU. Oregon was wearing green numbers with yellow hat, yellow hat, yellow helmet and yellow cleats. Like it was awful yeah. to look at.
3: Yeah. I I my worst take this season is that ASU had the best uniforms in the conference. What they're doing this I don't know this whole year I think they've had horrific horrific it's hits. it's just like their ceiling just like their ceiling
1: yeah, with their playing could be they so have the good. highest oh, ceiling in the doing? conference <laughs> with their jerseys yeah. and their team and they just fucked it up yeah Disappointing. one
0: last thing oh were you gonna say something greg sorry i didn't i don't think you no, to i was finish just gonna your take say i game. maintain that both of these teams have quit
3: yeah um arizona state for the first time my only takes about this game arizona state looks like more talented team frankly like i just think they had made mistakes they were trying to give this game away and their margin of error against usc crazy to say this their margin of error against usc was huge um they turned they had a minus one turnover margin they turned the ball over three times to usc's two picks um yeah they just they just looked they were sleepwalking through it i thought they looked horrible and they were still the better team uh pretty definitively i think asu like Rashad White means a lot to them, I think just in terms of how they play game in game out. And I don't know, just for the good of the conference, um, Arizona State is the last team in the league with three or fewer losses aside from Oregon. And for the good of the league, I hope they figure their stuff out. Um, and I hope they I hope they do win out and try to get some of this stuff they've got at Washington at Oregon State versus Arizona completely capable of winning out there so um i hope they figure their stuff out but they're they still look like they're in a funk and if you ask arizona state fans they're not particularly pleased with this performance either
1: it's kind of sad they had so much potential all right let's move on to picking the games this week Have a full slate of games. Um, all 12 Pac-12 teams are in action, and it starts with Utah traveling to Tucson to play Arizona at 11 a.m. Pacific, 12 Mountain. I will be there. Utah is a 23 and a half point favorite. Greg, who wins, who covers?
0: I think Utah is going to win and cover. It's a big number, but uh, Utah's done a good job of beating up on bad teams this year, and I don't think that's going to change. Although. I definitely don't expect them to do to Arizona what they did to Stanford.
1: Yeah, Utah's going to win. It is a pretty big spread, but Utah will cover, especially if Matt's theory about Witt going for style points is correct, which I think it is. Um, I'm excited to see Arizona look bad again, because last week Cal made them look okay.
3: (laughs) Yeah, giving a Utah to win and cover, I mean typically I'd go for uh I'd, I'd go based on vibes because two because Tucson's just a weird place to play but I saw what Utah did to Stanford on a Friday night road game so yeah give me Utah to win a cover
2: yeah Utah by 100 um program uh, side note Tavion Thomas it will likely break the Utah record for single season uh touchdowns by running back only 15 really really surprised at how low that number is
1: what is he sitting at right now 14 i
2: think he's 14 i think he was 14 so he just
1: needs two to break it and he he will (laughs) averaging
2: Uh, like eight right now so it's fine
1: yeah he's gotten Mm. eight touchdowns in the last six quarters for utah it's kind of insane all right um usc is traveling to berkeley to play cal at 12:30 pacific 130 mountain usc is a one and a half point favorite carlos who wins who covers
3: Oh my god! This game
1: Um, (laughs) again with
3: these games that you're just like I have no fucking clue how this is gonna go. (sighs) If if, is Chase Garber's gonna play? Are they gonna have their roster back? I Mm -hmm. assume (laughs) five to seven, five to seven days they're vaccinated. I think they'll probably get their positive tests. I assume the vast majority of them are vaccinated. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Cal wins this game. USC looks horrible right now. Um, Obviously they have to cover one and a half points. Um, Oh. Oh, USC is the yeah. favorite. That's weird. Give me Cal. I think Cal wins this game outright.
1: Oh, it really depends on Garbers, because if Garbers is playing, I still feel iffy about it. If he's not playing, um, USC will look like a blue blood team again. I'm going to go with Cal. I hope there's not another positive test down there, but I think, I think Cal's going to win. USC just looks fucking broken.
2: I am almost certain that every time we've all picked Cal, Cal is lost. So I'm going to pick USC because I think (laughs) Greg is going to pick Cal too. (laughs) Uh,
0: You're right. I'm going to pray that Chase Garbers is healthy and I'm going to take Cal as well.
2: Sp- speaking of Matt just picking things for for shits and giggles, uh, absolutely went wild with my picks last week.
1: And you still had the same record still as me. Still the same
2: record.
0: everybody. <laughs> I was so insane. mad about
1: it because I felt <laughs> good about my
0: picks last week, and what, I'm like, what are, I should just throw shit at the wall. What is our collective record, like? Uh, oh uh, my gosh. the line.
2: Well, uh, everybody went two and three except for you, Greg. You went three and
1: two. Yeah, <laughs> Let's so now go. me and Greg are so, tied again. Yeah,
2: congratulations. <laughs> the race for second goes on.
1: Is, Carlos is below 500 now, right?
0: Uh-huh. Wow. That's, oh, that's, yeah. that's the the is news. That's so, <laughs> so sad. I love that when he finally started picking favorites, favorites just started losing.
3: <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Just There's like, no way to win.
0: I don't know. There's no way to pick this stupid <laughs> a conference. All
1: right. Whatever Matt is
2: doing. <laughs> Intelligence. <laughs>
1: Um. At two thirty Pacific, three thirty Mountain Time, Stanford is traveling to Corvallis to play Oregon State. The beeves are ten and a half point favorites. Matt, who you got?
2: Yeah, beeves in the graveyard. Um, another murdering on the ground. Uh, really excited to see if they can get five hundred yards on the ground.
1: Yeah. Oregon State's going to win. Oregon State's going to cover. Um, I'm going to the Arizona-Utah game, so I will be sprinting out of Arizona Stadium to get back to my hotel in time to watch B.J. Baylor Masterclass. I'm so excited for this game.
0: Uh, yeah, Oregon State by a million. Best, best rushing offense in the conference versus worst rushing defense. Uh, plus the chance of McKee not playing. It's a no-brainer.
3: Yep. Just saw that Tanner McKee is doubtful for Saturday. Um, if Tanner McKee was in, I don't know. I might I might actually pick Stanford to win this game. But Stanford is by far worse than Colorado and Arizona have ever looked this season. That's what Stanford looks like without Tanner McKee. Give me Oregon State to cover.
1: Cool. Okay. 4 Pacific, 5 Mountain Time. Arizona State is traveling to Seattle to play Washington. ASU is a a 5.5 point favorite. Greg, who wins? Who covers?
0: Uh, Can I make a uh, contingent pick based on if uh, Jimmy Lake still has a job?
1: No. No. Because I want to do that too.
3: (laughs) And Matt picked picked Stanford last week against Utah not knowing that Tanner McKee was going to be out.
0: (laughs) Well, he also got the... Arizona win because of COVID, yeah, so I don't end feel end up, bad. Yeah, it, it equaled out, yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going to assume that Jimmy Lake because won't be fired. COVID. Absurd. <laughs> I'm going to assume Jimmy Lake won't be fired, so I'm going to pick uh, ASU to win. But if he is, I think Washington's going to ride that dead coach bounce and win.
1: Yeah, I don't think Washington is a salvageable program this year, even if Jimmy Lake gets fired. So I'm going to pick ASU to win. (sighs) I don't. Okay, I'll pick them to cover. I think there's going to be some weird defensive shit in this game, though. I think we might see a couple defensive scores or maybe some more safeties. I would love that.
3: I don't know what y'all are talking about. This game has horrific vibes to me because John Donovan just got fired. Um, we, What kind of offense are we going to see? Are people going to rally?
1: Jimmy, like, so the head <laughs> coach. No. <laughs> uh,
3: okay, sure, but, like, some random person is going to be calling plays, and it's not going to be John Donovan. I'm picking Washington to win. I Just just something about the fact that we don't know what Washington's offense might look like because John, I understand systems, blah, blah, blah. John Donovan's gone. Joan Morris is still their
1: quarterback.
3: I don't know. I don't
2: know. I don't know. I'm picking Washington to win, though. Uh, this is my Sickos game of the week.
0: Oh, fuck. Huh. These
2: two teams fucking suck.
1: Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. This so kills me. Uh, um,
2: I'm picking Washington. Um, I am fully expecting Arizona State to have at least 15 penalties in this game. Um, and I think that, uh, there is an, a competent, um, play calling that involves like an 80% running game for Washington. Also probably for Arizona state. Yeah. This game is going to suck. I'm picking Washington, but this, this game is going to be (laughs) ugly.
1: All right. At six Pacific seven mountain time, Colorado travels to Pasadena to play UCLA. UCLA is a 15 point favorite. (laughs) Carlos, who wins, who covers?
3: <laughs> I cannot get over UCLA being a 15-point favorite against a Colorado team that suddenly looks like it has an awesome offense. Um, I don't even know if UCLA is going to win this game. Um, oh, my God. I fucking hate this. I'm going to pick Colorado to win. I <laughs> think they might actually fuck win. Uh, Carl Durrell
1: is uh, making his homecoming. I think Colorado wins this game.
0: On the road. Why the fuck are you
1: messing with my vibes? This is my bad (laughs) vibes game of the week. (laughs) All of us secretly planning
0: on taking Colorado. I love that
1: i think colorado might be good now i don't know know. i'm like crying i knew one thing i knew one thing about this conference is that arizona is an fcs team well two things and colorado does not have an offense where did they find the offense did they adopt one i don't know i have no idea but they i think they have one not sure we'll see this week I think Chip Kelly gets fired after this game, so (laughs) give me Colorado to cover.
2: And like it was throwing the ball, and UCLA's defensive backs are so bad. You're gonna Um, like
1: UCLA's gonna get cooked by Brendan Lewis. Brendan Lewis,
2: three hundred (laughs) yarder. I'm calling it. Um, We are Team Fade the Vibes, but I am also absolutely going for the (laughs) lovely, like, Greg, if you screw this up, I will be so mad at you. Give me a straight Colorado Picks line here. Please.
0: (laughs) I am no longer betting against Colorado, and that makes me sad. Instead... I'm Greg. betting on Colorado. Let's fucking Greg. go. Yes. I will Greg. be betting the Colorado <laughs> spread and the Colorado money, money line this week. Let's fucking go, Buffs.
1: Oh my gosh. Uh, our, our picks, our I love picks that are all of us out. came into
0: this game assuming we would be the only ones to pick Colorado and all I of us did Carlos it. I Carlos might
1: because Carlos does dumb <laughs> shit. Carlos
0: definitely was going
1: to. Yeah. <laughs> Carlos is trying to get Chip Kelly fired, but I'm, I'm so excited for this um, graphic to come out and us to just get torn to shreds because we're the only ones that watch Colorado football on a regular basis. Every single
3: UCLA fan is going to agree with you. All seven UCLA fans. They're going to look at that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Finally, Pac-12 after dark, Wazoo is traveling to Eugene to play Oregon. Oregon is a 14-point favorite. Matt, who wins, who covers? I thought this was going to be the
2: bad vibes. Um, Oh, man or a masterclass? Do we get it? I don't know. Yeah, that's...
1: Ugh.
2: Where is... is coming off, is coming off a bye? It's in A rivalry team. game? Post-rivalry oh, game? Oh, man. I've been a little too wild. I think I'm going to pick Oregon. I don't feel good about it.
1: Can I have... Really,
2: I, I really like watching the State chances in this one. Can I, I have Wazoo, two
1: Wazoo bad Wazoo vibes games? Last
0: week should have had like five bad vibe games. I don't know. Can, I have, t- can
1: I have two? Yes, I can have two. <laughs> sweet. Okay, I Washington State's coming off of a bye. Oregon feels like they're going to go to the playoffs. No. I've picked Oregon as a bad vibes game 3 weeks in a row and I will be correct this time, okay? Damn it. Um I feel good about Jaden DeLora if he's on. If he's off, they're losing. They will live and die by whether or not Jaden DeLora decides he wants to be good at football this week. Um not super confident that they win, but they're definitely covering. They have a better run defense than Washington and a better quarterback than Washington. Give me Wazoo. <laughs> uh,
0: I'm, I am want to take Wazoo, but uh, I'm not going to because last game, Jaden DeLaro was good. And so uh, uh, I can't expect him to be good this game as well. Maybe he was, was bad during the bye, the bye week. week. Did you not watch? <laughs> oh, yeah. Honestly, I mean, then. we don't know. Watch but... the games, please. <laughs> I'll take Oregon to win, but Wazoo <laughs> will cover. I will put a little money on the Wazoo money line, though.
3: Yeah, uh, give me Oregon. I just think that they're going to win every game ugly. I think Washington State's going to absolutely 100% cover. I I, I personally am going to lock that in. Um, but I, I just think Oregon figures out ways to win these games. If Washington State wins this game, I don't think it's going to be a huge— I, I, think, I think it might actually say something about what Washington State is doing right now. So, yeah, give me Oregon to win, but Washington State's definitely going to cover. The
2: vibes have been completed.
1: Okay, let's, let's take a quick truck stop before we head out of here. Jordan Simone, an ASU radio broadcaster, was fired for some of the comments he made that were critical of ASU's coaching staff. Take a listen
2: things out but this is year four you know this is the year that they've been building towards the pro model everything that we've heard and it ain't working it ain't working it was a good experiment um and you know what no disrespect to any of those coaches as men and as people because i've talked to a lot of them i know a lot of them they're they're good people and good human beings but it just ain't working and so the fans deserve better uh uh, these players deserve better. These players don't even realize that they're 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 being coached so poorly.
3: And just real quick, that was uh, on the Speak of the Devils podcast an Arizona State podcast with uh, Brad Denny and Joe Healy. Our buddy Brad Denny is did that. So big new, big kind of a weird week for them. But uh, yeah, he was fired for that.
1: Yeah. UCLA defensive lineman Jay Toya was caught on video yelling at a group of students, presumably for being USC students. UCLA put out a statement condemning Toya um, it's unknown whether or not it has been suspended. And then we already talked a bit about Jimmy Lake hitting one of his players on the sidelines. But Jen Cohen, Washington's athletic director, did release a statement. She said, "We are aware of an interaction between head coach Jimmy Lake and a student athlete during the first half of Saturday's game. We have high expectations of the conduct of our coaches, and we are working to gather more information on this matter." Does anyone have any thoughts on these?
0: Um. I think, first of all, it is wild to fire somebody, like a former player who, I know ASU fans love him and loved him as a player, and I remember hating him as a player because he was good at football and played for Arizona State, but uh, he he says that he would die for Arizona State football, and they're just like, fuck you, man. Uh, Arizona State's soft as fuck. Uh, Lame they fired him.
1: Especially since yep, ASU's um, administration should be looking for a way to fire this coaching staff. Yeah. Like, why yep. are you going after a, a broadcaster?
3: This is what these universities do, though, right? Like, they if you're not doing outright propaganda for them, um, they're deeply insecure, constantly worried about their image. And so if any of their arms are at all critical of them in any public setting... Um, no, they lash out so deeply insecure stuff from arizona state not something we it's super uncommon for athletic departments yeah, we know
1: that firsthand
2: oh <laughs> 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 well, you took my line that's what i was gonna say <laughs> um yeah i don't care i whatever it. i did super dumb they kind of had to know it was coming um, you would think that a uh, university would listen to criticism like that, but you know, whatever. Uh, as of the time of this recording, Jimmy Lake um, still being in the investigation is quote ongoing. So, but the noise looks, sounds looks pretty like, clear to me. I
1: think, I think they're waiting until the apple cup to decide.
2: <laughs> yeah, it sounds like he will still officially be the head coach on Saturday um, from yeah. what I am scrolling. So we'll see.
1: All right, that's it for us. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at No Truck Stops Pod. Watch out for our basketball episode recapping opening day for Pac-12 basketball that will drop Wednesday morning instead of Tuesday this week, and then we'll be back to our normal Tuesday morning schedule. As for Carlos at Equity Bruin, Greg at Banana Morphs, and Matt at Matt Nyberg, I'm Avery at Brave Underscore Grapes, and always remember there are no truck stops here. Not even one. Not even in Tucson. we